0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. No brain cells were damaged in production of this show because none were used. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the lovely confines of Concord, North Carolina. Hey, it's Tuesday night again. And in tonight's show on Pipe Parts, going to switch things up, found a wonderful article that I thought is uh, more important to read than uh, doing a little educational stuff because my guest tonight took up a little more time than I thought he would, all pre-recorded, but it is Bob Gregory of Samuel Goweth and now Goweth and Hogarth Pipe Tobaccos all the way from Kendall, England. He'll, uh, will play back the recording of his interview. And I will warn you, I had some, uh, technical issues during the recording. So, uh, doesn't sound the best, but I did what I could to fix it. And I get to listen to it again. So, while you're, uh, sitting back with a pipe, I will be too. Uh, music by request. A, uh, listener suggested a band and I played them. Really liked it. So, we got that. Mailbag and I've got a rave. All that coming up at the end of tonight's show. Uh, college football season has started. We made the pilgrimage to East Carolina University for my daughter's uh, first football game as a part of the East Carolina Marching Pirates. Uh, check out my Facebook page if you want to see a little bit from that. It was a lot of fun. We also got to take a couple of her friends from high school with us, um, traveling in a car for four hours each way with two teenage girls and a wife. Um, kind of interesting. Anyway, that was, uh, that was Friday, uh, that was Saturday and Sunday. Uh, upcoming schedule, upcoming schedule stuff next week. Actually, the next two weeks, the show's going to be 100% pre-recorded because I am off to Germany for the Dortmund Inner Tobacco Show. If you are going to be at Dortmund, please come by and find me. I will be in the McBaron booth uh, in the main hall with the Arnold Andre importer there, so please stop by and say hello. All right, let's get the show rolling, so everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company, and here we go.
1: If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupofJoes.com. CupofJoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. CupofJoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly Pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cupajoes.com And be sure to like them on Facebook, cupajoes.com. Quality products at extraordinary
2: prices What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic Cashmere, the Sultry Licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino Red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today.
0: Welcome back. And in just a few minutes, the uh, discussion I had with Bob Gregory will be, uh, will be playing that. And um, there's a few mentions of uh, beer drinking in it. Uh, but, in the meantime, in pipe parts, this is uh the end of our third year of doing this show. That's right, three complete years after this one, and I thought that this was a uh, a great way to kind of sum up what pipe smoking really means. We go to the opinion pages of the New York Times on September fourth of this past this past September fourth. Seamus McGraw writes from Bushkill, Pennsylvania. Even now, when I conjure him and he deigns to come, I always see him the same way. He's encircled in a sweet blue smoke, standing on the cool stone of the walkway around midnight. A little man, ancient, almost swallowed by the vivid articles of clothing that his devoted daughter always bought for him. They were nothing like the slate-colored clothes my grandfather would have chosen for himself, but they covered him and kept him warm. In a way, they were just one more indignity, albeit one that came from kindness and devotion in a life full of them, and yet it was testament to him that he always managed to bear those indignities and even to lend them grace. Cancer had taken his eye, The dentist had taken his teeth and replaced them with ill-fitting dentures that hurt him and made speech difficult. Years in the mines had taken his hearing, making him all the more isolated. I wasn't there that night, but the way I heard the story, he had gotten out of bed when he thought that everyone else in the house was asleep and slipped down into the basement carrying all the possessions he still had left his hats and a few tokens of the life he shared with his long-gone wife, and was stowing them away in boxes when my aunt caught him. After some quizzing, he finally told her that he had dreamed that he was visited by my grandmother, then more than ten years dead. He was packing to get ready to go see her. My aunt dismissed this and gently shooed him off, and so to bear his latest small indignity— the old man stepped outside, packed the last of his pipes, a battered corn cob, with the good Virginia burley he preferred, lit it, and watched the sweet and earthy blue smoke curl up into that summer night. And now it's another summer night, and I'm anxious and wide awake. The house is silent, everyone else is asleep and so I grab my own scorched corncob pipe from the table by the door and step outside. I light it and watch the smoke curl up. Ever since I was a teenager, I have on occasion smoked a pipe, though I tend to do it in secret because, lacking my grandfather's natural dignity, it always seems to me to be pretentious, especially given my line of work. And yet, lately, I find myself standing out on the deck more often with the bit of the corncob clenched between my teeth, and maybe to avoid other thoughts, I've been giving an inordinate amount of consideration as to why that might be. Part of the reason, certainly, is that I'm getting to that age where I realize that it might be a good idea to smoke fewer cigarettes, and for better or worse, the pipe is one way to do that but maybe it goes a bit beyond that. I've come to think that there might be something about the tau of a corncob pipe that resonates with me. Certainly, a stolid corncob pipe lacks the ostentatious elegance of a well-crafted Italian briar, or the fussy artistry of a meerschaum. It is fundamentally democratic in the most Jeffersonian sense, an agricultural product, no an agricultural byproduct the waste left after one use repurposed for a second though i haven't yet done it myself i've given a lot of thought to how a corn cob pipe is made and it requires thought you take the waste left over after you've used the corn for food or fodder and you allow it to dry it takes patience, and that patience is, in a very small way, a kind commitment to the future as much as it is a connection to the past. Once it's dried, it's crafted into something usable. Craft another word we've lost sight of. The act of smoking any pipe is the act of tending something. The act of smoking a corncob pipe is the act of tending something that is of the land tied to a set of values of practices, a kind of thought process that's worth preserving. Just a few days after that incident in my aunt's basement, my grandfather collapsed, congestive heart failure. My extended family took turns keeping vigil at his deathbed in a room painted the same exuberant colors as the clothing he was fated to wear in his dotage, and when it was our turn, my father, my mother, my sister, and me— The old man shuddered a bit, let go a sigh that could have been a song, and was gone. I left the room and made my way downstairs. I had in my pocket a pipe he had given me. And so I packed it, lit it, and watched the sweet blue smoke curl up into the sky. I guess I wanted to bid him farewell in a language the half-deaf, half-blind old man could still hear. And maybe standing on this deck... With the bit of a corncob clenched between my teeth all these years later, I'm still trying to conjure my grandfather, or at least his dignity in the face of all the indignities the world threw at him. Sometimes he deigns to come, and when he does, he always has that pipe in his mouth. Uh, Seamus McGraw is the author of Betting the Farm on a Drought, Stories from the Front Lines of Climate Change, And he's also been written on uh, the New York Times opinion page several times. Anyway, thought that was a beautiful way to explain uh, pipe smoking. He's not quite tuned in to exactly how a corncob pipe is uh, grown, but he certainly has the idea of it being something that needs to be tended and cherished and remembered. Alright, in just a minute, uh, my conversation with Bob Gregory.
3: This is Internet Radio. The year was 1849. Zachary Taylor was sworn in as the 12th President of the United States. The U.S. flag remained fixed at 30 stars. Edgar Allan Poe was found dead in Baltimore. Congressman Abraham Lincoln patented a buoying device, the only patent ever filed by a future president. William Bond was the first person to photograph the moon through a telescope and gold was discovered in far-off California. And in that same year, also in California, Henry Sutliff founded his small tobacco company in San Francisco, founded on the principles of giving the public superior tobacco products for those with very discriminating tastes. Now, 165 years later, that tradition continues. Sutliff Tobacco Company has been setting the standard for pipe tobacco ever since. Take a quiz on our website to have the perfect blend suggestion for your tastes. Or just browse around to explore all of the wide variety of fine products America's oldest pipe tobacco company has to offer. Lots of things have changed since 1849, but Sutliff Tobacco Company's commitment to making the finest pipe tobacco on earth has not. Visit sutliff-tobacco.com for information on where you can find all of your favorite blends from the sweetest aromatics to the richest English mixtures.
2: Hi, my name is Eileen Saatchi for MarketingPipes.com. If you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on eBay, chances are you know my dad, Hank Sachi, or eBuyer1932. My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is MarketingPipes.com. At MarketingPipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you.
0: From all the way across the pond, my dear friend, please welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show... Bob Gregory of the Samuel Goweth and Goweth and Hogarth companies, am I am I correct in where you actually work for besides a British pub?
4: Yeah, technically I work for Goweth, Hogarth and Company Limited now, Brian, but prior to that it was Samuel Goweth for many years.
0: Uh, now, Bob Gregory is technically the international brand ambassador for the fine tobaccos from the north of England, but... Bob, tell us, how did you, uh, where did you grow up and how did you get into this business?
4: Well, for a start off, Brian, I was born at a very early age, (laughs) and I was born in London. I think everybody knows where London is, so I won't go into geographical positioning on that. (laughs) Um, I had an average education, in other words, I was naughty, mischievous useless, didn't like school, uh, left school, went into uh, commerce, and uh, my grounding was training to become an accountant. I really didn't want to be a grey person all my life, so I, I left that uh, business and uh, went to work for uh, ICI, which uh, in those days was the blue chip company to work for Then, um, then from ICI I, I I I wanted to get out I wanted to sell I don't know why I wanted to sell because I was shy um, suck for words but I wanted to sell and in 1972 um, I got my first selling job with what was then Imperial Tobacco Imports, and I was um, a sales rep for that company selling a very good and well-known brand of cigars called Henry Winterman. Yeah. And it was an exciting job. I loved it. I loved I loved the selling part of it, particularly as my responsibility for. 2 or 3 years was purely selling to pubs, bars and hotels in the north of England. Oh lord. Um, oh dear. Y- yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that was before the, uh, the 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 drinking laws changed. Uh we in those days we were allowed to drive cars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and smoking a pub. You can
4: imagine after seven or eight hours calling on pubs, clubs, hotels. <laughs> um, some nights it was um, a question of which way's home. All well, that will do. Um, and then, really, from there, I just, you know, progressed through four or five different tobacco companies. And I think it was in about 1981. Um, I got my first taste of selling pipe tobacco and um, I thought cigars was love at first sight but no it was pipe tobacco and and strangely enough Brian this particular job I was responsible for introducing uh, an American brand to the UK market uh, and that was Century Tobacco's
0: I'm familiar with them
4: I thought she might be, yeah, and uh, that's the sort of stuff you, you know you, you can't get out of the bag because it's so sticky. And um, <laughs> at the, <laughs> but at, at that time, nobody in the UK had even heard of American pipe tobaccos, let alone tasted them, let alone bought them. And I, I emphasised the bought them bit because at the time, the average. English pipe tobacco was about one pound for twenty-five grams or an ounce of tobacco. Century was two pounds twenty-five. Wow! Now it was a challenge, and um, it, it was it was uh, good groundwork for the future, shall we say? And um, from from there, I, I moved on to um, another another well-known. Uh, independent UK company, uh, John Solomon's, and uh, very small company. Again, pipe tobaccos, uh, cigars, and uh, cigarettes also. And um, with that job, I, I I got my my taste for raw fish. Um, <laughs> I won't go into that now. And um, then that was bought out by uh, the Swedish Match Company. I became a number and not a name, which I've never really liked. And um, it was in 1998, um, I had the offer from Samuel Galleth to, to move into their, into their territory and um, develop, um, develop the export market for them. Uh, because about that time, the uh, legislation was starting to bite here in the UK, which said you can't do this and you can't do that, you know, by the way, we're going to stick a health warning on it, and so on and so forth. Uh, in other words, the UK market was getting a little bit smaller, prices were increasing at a tremendous rate, and so that's, that's when I moved into the export market, but not only that, I got my first taste of being allowed to develop brands in, in as much that, not just sell them, but make them. And that's where my love of tobacco blending came in, really, and um, the, rest, the rest is really history. Well, I was with Samuel Goweth until March this year, and then um, we became one, and uh, now my paymaster is Gareth and Hogarth in Kendall. By the way, of course, Samuel Gareth and Gareth and Hogarth are in Kendall. so I didn't have far to move. Uh, it just takes me an extra five minutes in the morning to get to work. That's my potted, potted history.
0: Well, it's been nice talking to you. So we'll uh, see you shortly. Uh, cheers,
4: Brian. Nice yeah. to talk to you, and yeah. uh, look forward to the next pint you're
0: going to buy me. Now, let me let's go back to the tobacco blending because there's a uh, there's one blend in your portfolio that's named Bob's Chocolate Flake.
4: Yep. Uh,
0: could you be that the Bob?
4: A Gallif- that is a Hogarth- That is a Gareth Gallif- Hoggett blend, Brian. Um, now, for many years. Um, <laughs> For many years, I wondered, well, who the devil was Bob? It ain't me. It ain't me, Brian. And no matter who I ask and how many times I ask, nobody knows who Bob was or why it was christened Bob's choc-flake. Um, the only thing I can tell you is that it's got chocolate in it, but uh, who Bob was, I'm sorry, I can't tell you. She was me because I, I would... Uh, I would cheerfully
0: charge them for the use of my name. Uh, Let's take a run through the history of the companies. When did the Goweth and Hogarth Company officially begin?
4: Let's go back even further. Let's go back to 1792, Brian. That was right after we
0: kicked you guys out of this country.
4: No, 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 no. That's when we thought you were in a position to run the country on your own, so we gave you a couple of hundred years to try it. You failed, which is why I have to keep coming back to tell you guys all about tobacco. Ah, Moving no. on from the political side of it, <laughs> 1792, uh, a guy called Thomas Harrison, uh, he was a kendalian and he he had studied, for want of a better word, studied snuff and he wanted to go into business manufacturing snuff. Now to make snuff you need a machine. So he found this machine up in uh, the very north of Scotland and he bought this machine for what can only be assumed a few pounds and he dismantled it and brought it down to Kendall there was 50 tons of it by the way Wow! no trucks no trucks at all just horse and cart man no machines so there were no uh, motorways then or I think you'd call them freeways um, so it was uh, horse and cart over rough ground uh, no union laws so the guys I presume worked 25 hours a day to get it down to Kendall Now, the machine in particular was actually made in or about 1750, and initially it was used to grind gunpowder, uh, and the gunpowder was used by the English army in their fight against uh, a little man called Napoleon. Anyway, that war ended. The snuff mill beca- well, the gunpowder uh, mill became redundant. Thomas Harrison bought it. brought it down to. Um, brought it down to Kendall. Then uh, from from that uh, the the snuff trade in Kendall was born, and um, he married he married a young lady who was the daughter of a Goweth. They gave birth uh, They gave birth to many, many children. And the company was initially named after her father. And then the children were named Samuel after the father. Uh, Samuel First took over the running of the company, or bought the company, from Thomas Harrison when he died. Uh, Samuel gave birth to, uh, well, not Samuel, but Samuel's wife gave birth to a son called Samuel the uh, Second. And then Samuel the Second, he gave birth to, well, his wife gave birth. I'm not, I'm, I'm not <laughs> doing so well here with all these births, Brian. Um, they gave birth to a Samuel the Third and a John. Now Samuel and John um, worked quite harmoniously in the original uh, Brown House in Kendal, which uh, quite a few of your listeners will know because they've been to see me. And um, after a few years, Samuel and John decided that they would part company, one to make snuff and one to make tobacco. Now, all this was agreed and decided on over a pint of fine English ale in the local hostelry. And in 1865, uh, John Goweth teamed up with a guy called Hogarth, who was a local businessman. So, from 1865, Samuel Goweth carried on in the trade he was uh, involved in, i.e. tobacco and snuff. And John Goweth Carried on in his chosen trade, which was snuff. Uh, both companies lived uh, and existed harmoniously together, both in Kendall And um, uh, John Gower, John Gower, or, or Gowath and Hogarth, he he was rather more successful than Samuel Gowath in the later in the later So they they sort of tended to develop the the home. Trade the domestic market better than Samuel Goweth, and um, whereas Samuel Goweth were rather better at um, performing in their export markets, which was which was my role. And 150 years exactly later, uh, 1865 to 2015. Um, the decision was made that um, it would be rather a splendid idea if the two companies uh, merged back together again. And uh, this we did in March of this year. And it's a good thing because, with all the legislation the anti smoking laws, the labelling laws, the flavouring laws, this law, that law, the mother in law. <laughs> it, 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 it makes us into a much, much stronger company where we can face the future together and and bring the smoking public something which they really do want.
0: Was the decision that to come back together, was that made over a pint of uh, fine English ale?
4: <laughs> well, but, uh, the reason the decision was made, Brian was the factory the Samuel Guard factory was you know you're talking about a 200 year old factory uh, it needed a lot of investment. Um, it needed enlarging to meet our um, uh, our demands shall we say because the market our market is getting so much bigger now especially in the export side and particularly the USA uh, side which is wanting more and more and more of that product. I couldn't, I couldn't take that company much farther forward, Brian, without major, major, major investment, and I mean major investment, to um, redevelop the, 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 the premises and the business, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm getting on in years now, and I I really you know would like to um, put my feet up. And uh, so um, we we, just, we decided that um, uh, we we decided that I would go and um, talk to my opposite number at Gareth Hogarth. And yes, yes, it was done over a pint. I'm I'm, I'm glad to say, and. Um, Again, I bought the pint. You know, it's it. there you go. So yeah, a good, a good agreement was reached. Let's put it like that. You know, you've got two, two former independent companies working as one and very successfully, I might add. And uh, as far as the uh, the old machinery is concerned, um, and the men who made the tobacco, I took the lot with me. So the tobacco from. The tobacco that was made at Southern on those old machines. It is now being made at Gallup Hogarth, which is a much, much bigger factory, by the same men and on the very same machines. So things couldn't be better.
0: We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the tobaccos in particular. And then we're going to talk about you actually buying a beer for somebody. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
5: My name is Shane Ireland, and I'm the pipe manager at SmokingPipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are smokingpipes.com.
0: are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Bob Gregory way up in the north of England and uh, you know Bob I'm surprised you know, you being a northerner I thought your pockets were too deep for you to reach into your money to buy a beer for somebody but uh, uh, talk us talk us through some of your uh, some of your more popular pipe tobaccos
4: okay um Probably our most, well, definitely our most popular pipe tobaccos are Squadron Leader and Full Virginia. They have really been the mainstay of, 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 of the Gower's product range for, for, for many, for many years. Many years, and in particular, Full Virginia is a very versatile product. Is that because you may, you may. Recognise the name St. James Flake. You may recognise the name Navy Flake. You may recognise the name Chocolate Flake. All those derive from Full Virginia. Basically, it's Full Virginia with, in the case of Navy, Latkeia. In the case of uh, St James, you've got uh, Perique. So it's a good, solid, basic blend which can be re-blended to offer up more tobaccos. If you've got a winner, stick with the winner, Brian, and use it as much as you can. It's keep it uncomplicated, <laughs> keep it straightforward, and you, 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 you're there. Now, many years ago, all we did was make straightforward um Virginia or Latakia blends or Turkish blends, in other words we made, all we made was traditional English tobaccos. Then of course, um, probably partly due to my efforts way back in the century tobacco time, um, the, the smoking public in the UK, the pipe smoking public in the UK got younger and the younger, the younger pipe smokers, they wanted something a little bit more flavourful, uh, something they could smoke in the presence of their new lady friend that wouldn't offend them. So for, for quite a long time we resisted doing what I call, what are called aromatic tobaccos. Uh, I prefer to call them flavoured tobaccos because, I mean... When I take my shoes off, my feet are aromatic. No, you wouldn't <laughs> want to smoke that. Believe you me. You have and a way with words. <laughs> we, we, we stayed away from aromatic tobaccos for some time. And then we, we realized, look, we've really got to get into this. We've really got to start selling aromatic tobaccos. And so, you know... From that decision came the Navy Flake, came the Celtic Talisman, came the Sam's Flake, and so on and so forth. And my God, I'm glad we did, because otherwise we would have been left behind. At the time, the only aromatic, or, uh, aromatic tobacco we did was grouse moor. And grouse moor is one of our oldest blends. And that, that particular tobacco has got a, a mixture of 22 mm-hmm. different uh, flavours in it. Uh, no, I'm not going to give you the recipe for it. Uh, just enjoy it. Um, so we've moved, we've moved them from what is still our two best-selling tobaccos, i.e., Full Virginia and Squadron Leader. But then we've moved to the new sector, the aromatic sector. And I can honestly say that something like 1792, which is which is which is an aromatic tobacco, that is number one in that in that particular sector then you have things like celtic talisman and sam's flake again you know they're they are really really strong depends where in the world you are because celtic talisman will sell
2: brilliantly
4: in scandinavia uh, and it won't sell him so well in in south korea but it does sell reasonably well in the us so you know, we've got, we we I say we've got something for everybody, and I'm, we, we, I, I continue 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 to to look for new new product. In actual fact, Celtic talisman, for instance, came 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 to be purely by error. Um, <laughs> we mixed, we mixed up a hundred pounds of tobacco, and we put the wrong flavour on it and no one throws 100 pounds of tobacco away because it's got the wrong flavor on it. So I said to the guys, I said, look, don't worry about it, I'll sell it. Um, talk about putting my foot in my mouth. And, you know, it's Christian Celtic talisman and it's sold. So, hey, by, sometimes by mistake you can get a winner. I mean, look at your mother. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Uh, going back a, a little bit I bet you don't edit that one out <laughs> Yeah, I think that beer I bought you just got smaller um,
4: I, I I didn't drink that beer you bought me I've got it in a frame on the wall here
0: <laughs> and I, w- I won't mention a certain evening in a hotel room with uh, with uh, Bill Taylor uh, I've still got those pictures Brian uh, no that's okay thanks <laughs> Uh, can we talk Moving about on. can we talk about the snuff business for a little bit because they <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, there is some interest in the in snuff in the United States and abroad, and you are uh, one of the most uh, one of the most storied manufacturers of snuff. Uh, can you talk us through the process of manufacturing it?
4: But a few seconds, Brian. Basically, snuff is ground tobacco. Now, uh, it's not the tobacco that uh, you know you you sort of uh, generally find in a in a a, a box or a bale. The tobacco uh, is the stem which has been stripped out of the leaf, and that stem is uh, dried out and ground up. Yeah, sure. We we, we, we will add uh, on some of the blends. We will add uh, dried tobacco leaf, but we don't add. We, we don't. We we tend to use the scrap tobacco rather than the full leaf. Uh, with the price of t- tobacco as it is today, then you can understand why. So basically, snuff is ground tobacco stems with a, a little bit of desiccated leaf added we grind it up now we can grind it up course we can grind it up fine we can grind it up very fine depends how long we grind it and from from there it's 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 a, it sounds like a simple process uh, but it, it really isn't it's a, it's a time consuming process the stalk has to be at the right Brittleness, for, for want of a better word, and if you if you grind it too long, it can go dark. If you if you don't grind it long enough, it can go light. Obviously, there are various types of stalk that we grind, and then when it is ground, we can either leave it as a plain snuff, like a plain sp. Or we can, uh, we can add flavor to it. And we add flavor to it at the end of the process. We don't add flavor during the process. And the flavor is added quite simply. We just measure it out in a measuring jar. We, we tip it on the snuff and then we put the snuff through a sieve. The, the, the beauty of snuff is that <clears throat> whatever, whatever, whatever you put that, that snuff to, i.e., or lemon or cinnamon or whatever it will soak it up and it will, it will retain it so snuff is ground up tobacco leaf stems bit of desiccated leaf a couple of uh, preservatives obviously otherwise we don't want to go moldy and uh, and flavoring so it's kind of it's kind of just like you and I are,
0: we're just ground up old tobacco no, guys gone. with a little bit of flavoring.
4: Yeah. 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 I mean, I've got a, I've got a, a gentleman uh, who lives in, in Scotland and uh, he calls me up and he says, Bob, what have you got? Have you got the old stalk? Have you got the old leaf? Yeah, of course I have. And uh, I sell it to him at a vast profit, of course. And um, he, he all he all he does, he just borrows his wife his wife's flu food blender, and um, makes his own snuff. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty raw, basic stuff, but he seems quite happy with it. Uh, his wife isn't, by the way. I think in the last two years, he's gone through I think eight food blenders, <laughs> and uh, and he, he does it, he does it in her kitchen and um well um, she's not very happy with him sometimes let's put it like that especially when she goes to make a soup or a smoothie or something like that she finds a blender full of snuff yeah. <laughs> hey there's a the thing there's a the thing brian snuff
0: flavored smoothie how about it i'll drink to that uh there you go you drink it again last question uh for uh, for a couple of years there some of the tobacco blend, some of the pipe tobaccos were hard to get a hold of uh, yep. with the mer- with the move to the and the recombining of the two companies will that yep. help in uh, making sure that we can buy whatever we want whenever we want
4: right let me go back Brian to your original statement the the tobacco was hard to get hold of. Okay? Yeah. Now, I remember that time very well, uh, in particular for Virginia. Uh, I, it was probably four or five years ago, and I do remember it. And at that time, in other, other big markets had come onto the scene. So, uh, me being me, went out there and sold them as much as I could. And uh, in the meantime, uh, the appetite uh, from across the pond um, just went from good to very good to very, very good. And um, the, the, the importer at the time, which was Cretec, and still is by the way, uh, he was ordering more and more and more and more and more. And I, to be honest with you, Brian, right, I just couldn't supply yeah. Plus the fact that when I did supply, and uh, this is not meant as a criticism to any of uh, my American friends who are listening to this, um, because we couldn't supply all that was needed, whenever such as Fort Virginia came onto the shelf in the, uh, in the, into the, in the, in the tobacconist shop uh, in the U.S., uh, the first guy who saw it thought, my God, Paul Virginia, oh, look, that's ten boxes. And he bought ten. <laughs> and he would, he, would, he would smoke one and put nine away in the cellar, God bless him. And, of course, so that created, a, if you like, a, an additional shortage. And um, But, yeah, by and by... We got uh, we got uh, expert expert production sorted, and now I'm glad to say that um, uh, I haven't had a I haven't had a complaint from across the pond for oh, three years, three and a half, four years maybe, uh, because we can now supply whatever you want, and that that was before the move to Gal Hogger. Um, so. Now we've got increased production. I can supply whatever you want. Whatever you want. And uh, thank you very much to you, American pipe smokers, for supporting us through that. And uh, I'll never forget you. It,
0: it was a little bit like a uh, feeding frenzy in the shark tank or when someone yelled free beer around Bob Gregory. <laughs>
4: It was, it was Brian, and at the time it was a little embarrassing, um, I mean at the, at the time I cursed the fact that email had even been invented, because <laughs> every day I would open up my emails and see another disgruntled smoker, be it from America, be it, be it from China, be it from Mexico, Germany or whatever, and um, I don't like having disgruntled pipe smokers because if a guy can't get full virginia then he's going to go somewhere else and smoke the McClellan blend or <laughs> and um, that's what I don't want to happen you know my business is to keep the customer happy not keep him short
0: is there anything new coming from uh, Samuel Goweth that we can look forward to yes or Goweth Homer. yes there
4: is Brian there is and this is something I've been working on for just over two years and I think you guys will love it. It's a new blend which I will be launching in two weeks time in Dortmund, which is a big German, um, big German uh, trade show, and it is called Cabby's Blend. Cabby as in black cab, taxi driver, whatever you want to call it, Cabby's Blend. and. I, uh, it's cracking tobacco, Brian It's taken me a long, long time to do it And I've got it right I hope I've got it right Only, only sales will tell me if I've got it right But yeah, we've got it right This week And uh, it's ready to go And uh, it will be introduced Worldwide ASAP And now you're going to ask me what it is, aren't you?
0: I'm going to ask you what it is real quickly and then I'm going to ask you if I can have a sample of it in two weeks when I
4: see you. <laughs> uh, okay, Brian. Well, what it is, um, I can give the secret away now. What it is, it is made for those vapor guys, the pure junkies of the world. Yes. And we only do one one Perique blend and now we do two. So what I've done with this one It is a spun-cut Virginia tobacco with perique. Basically, you've got a a very yellow Virginia twist, or rope as you call it over there, and running right through the middle of it is a strand of perique.
0: Sounds delicious. You've gone
4: quiet. (laughs) You've gone quiet. It's, It's a very, very easy smoke. It's a very easy smoke. Something like a Skudo. something
0: like Three Nuns. I'm looking forward to trying it. I'll let everybody know what I think of it, which you better be good, Bob. Uh, we well, will I you what, w-
4: For you for you, I'll give you a special discount on the sample. Oh, wonderful.
0: Uh, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Go for it, Brian. Go for it. What's your favourite pipe?
4: My favourite pipe? Yeah. (coughs) It's a a Northern Briars Billiard. Well, I've got two actually. I've got a Northern Briars Billiard, which I really, really enjoy. And I've got a beautiful rusticated Billy Taylor sit up. I love it. I love them both. I love them both.
0: What is your favourite tobacco?
4: My favourite tobacco? Oh, that's a difficult one. Well, it has to be perfection. I'm a bit of a Latakia junkie at the moment, so perfection is, 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 is for me. Um, that is my favourite pipe tobacco, but do you know what? Uh, two weeks ago I was in the factory and I thought, what the hell? Let's make some hand rolling tobacco around a Latakia. That, it was beautiful.
0: <laughs> oh, the fun times of playing around. Uh, this will be a hard question for you. Uh, what's your favorite drink? Uh,
4: a free one.
0: That's the answer I figured. Uh, when,
4: <laughs> when it's, oh, God. Brian, a free beer, please. Thank
0: you. Yes, all of them. Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? A book. And the last question: Do you have any particularly favorite pipe smoking related memories? (laughs) I've Uh,
4: got so many, Brian.
0: Yeah, and a lot of them probably involve drinking.
4: If you you give me a couple of hours, and I'll I'll come up with some. I have got so many um, pipe tobacco and pipe related memories. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've I've got to mention my dear old mate Billy Taylor. Um, he 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 gave me so many memories with his with his, his advice, his expertise, his fun, his sense of humour. Um, I, I think I think if you don't mind, I will call that my fa- my most favourite pipe related memory. Billy Taylor, God bless him.
0: One of my favorite memories was the uh, dinner that was with you and Bill Taylor and uh, Keith was there, and that's when I first learned that there was a difference between the Northern England accent and the Londoners' accent.
4: <laughs> I remember that, Brian. <laughs> I remember that. You see, you know, all these memories, that, that, that's another memory that comes through. That's another memory that comes through. I've got so many. I mean, I've been, what, 40, 42 years in this business. I've got so many memories from the, from the first day I went out selling tobacco that I remember my first boss saying to me, he said, Bob, whatever you do in the years of selling that you've got before you, never, never, never... Knock the opposition. For someday you might be selling it. <laughs> you know, that is so true. Now, if I had a not to go off Hogarth, I probably wouldn't have a job.
3: <laughs>
0: Bob, thank you very much for uh, taking time out of your early evening to record this. I'll uh, avoid seeing you in the pub in a couple of weeks in uh, Germany.
4: Brian, thank you. It's been a great pleasure. And of course, I look forward to seeing you. You take care.
0: We'll be back in just a minute.
1: Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products, from the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on Earth, Mac Baron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of Burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Baron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. <laughs>
0: This is Internet Radio. We are back and I'm uh, finishing up some uh, chocolate chip cookies that my wife made over the weekend. Uh, Anyway, I want to apologize again about the uh, sound quality. And uh, Bob, I'll buy you two beers in Dortmund. How's that? All right, so for music tonight, it is a band called St. Paul and the Broken Bones and was pointed out to us on Facebook by Leland Keener. And this song is called, where is it? What's it called? It's called Like a Mighty River. I think you'll enjoy it. Saint Paul and the Broken Bones is a uh, six-piece from uh, Birmingham, Alabama. You can find them on uh, Spotify and uh, check out their website.
2: Yes, you have new mail. Yahoo!
0: In the mailbag, we'll hit John Seiler first, and he says, "Hi Brian, nice seeing you in Columbus. It was another good show. Kudos to Jeff and Eddie and all for and all the volunteers." I think some of the tobacco vendors underestimated the potential sales at the show and did not bring sufficient merchandise. Uh, Brandon Gravois is a new face to me. I had an uncle that raised some tobacco on his farm in Kentucky, sort of, for additional cash. Using it as a crop within the sugar cane rotation is a good way to move from a single crop farm. I didn't realize how risky a crop it was to the farmers. I was fortunate to get one of the Perique cigars from Mark Ryan at Columbus, and it amazed me on how good it was, as you know. Uh, As you know, I do not normally smoke a pipe containing Perique. I guess I may have to change my ways. Uh Uh-oh. Music. Stevie Ray Vaughan. What more can one say or need to? Rant. FedEx. No longer shipping tobacco. Oh, well. Don't need them. Great show, Brian. Maybe one of your top interviews. Uh, Dino says, Hi, Mr. Brian. Wow, that was a fabulous conversation with Brandon. What a gracious, hardworking, vital, and interesting person he is. When one thinks of the quintessential American farmer, Brandon could be the poster model. Not only does he work his ass off, he is tied to tradition, yet willing to be innovative to make his crop bre- uh, his crop better. Bravo, Brandon. Bravo, Brian. Stevie Ray Vaughan, John said it. Why anyone in the tobacco industry, from the major companies, the distributors, the internet suppliers, to the smallest B&M, or for that matter, our brothers and sisters in the tobacco com- community would ever use FedEx for any shipping is beyond comprehension. FedEx is dead to me. Once again, Mr. Brian, a great show, Dino. Yeah, hey, I wonder if FedEx would even take like an overnight letter or something, or a check from a tobacco company. Anyway, uh, going on, uh, uh, Frozen Churchwarden said, Fantastic show. I couldn't be happier to see the future of Perique in such capable hands. Hopefully you guys guys don't spoil them too much. No, promise we won't. Uh, Casey Ghost says, The Columbus shows the cats meow tons of vendors and lots of pipe smokers within a two to three hour drive. They came up with the Friday night thing for the first time last year and it just took off. Jeff and Eddie and the others do a great job. Now I just need to get someone to sell me a tin of elf weed to complete my collection. It's hard to imagine a good Turkish restaurant in Columbus, Ohio, but there has but there had to be one somewhere. I uh, just love the interview with Brandon. His history of his family was very interesting. There is a lot of risk in farming and tobacco farming in particular. Never met a farmer who didn't bemoan his lot in life and how tough it is to make a living farming, and yet they keep doing it. Crop farming is hard work, and from early spring to late fall, you're pretty much tied to the land. When he got to talking about the food he likes and the different fish that he can get in rivers and bayous, makes me want to go read one of James Lee Burke's books involving Bayou Tesh. Uh, Brandon has a touch of old world courtliness about him. I thought Acadian Parique was code for tobacco. That has been through the Parique process, but not grown in the St. James Parish. Yep, I'm done with FedEx. No, uh, the Acadian Parique he's talking about is a uh, McBaron blend that I gave him. Uh, Tarek writes, always a great show, really fascinating to hear about how Perique is produced. I had no idea it was so labor-intensive. And darn it if Brandon didn't just, didn't sound just how I think a southern tobacco farm should. Mr. Brian. <laughs> I believe I inspired a shipping-related rant just a few episodes ago related to this, and I won't be supporting FedEx. Great call on the Stevie Ray Vaughan. You can play that style anytime you want. Can't wait until the day when my vacation, children, money, and moon cycles align to allow me to visit a pipe show. It sounds like an amazing time. Uh, The Kilted One, who comes from overseas. Another good show, Brian. You always seem to find such interesting people to chat with. I'm slightly envious. I'll second your comments on going to a pipe show. I was a bit nervous before heading to Chicago this year, but it was well worth the journey, and I'm already looking forward to next year. Brandon really does sound like a southern farmer, no offense intended. It's great to hear about people who carry on traditions like that, especially when they contribute so much to our hobby. With regards to your comment in the mailbag, I've never perceived anyone's comments on the show to be particularly anti-aromatic, although my own tastes have changed away from them recently, subliminal messages maybe. Rant, I don't have a lot of dealings with FedEx here, I know Royal Mail don't let you post tobacco here, but there are ways around it if sufficiently motivated. We won't talk about those. Uh, Voorhees says, interesting to hear Brandon and the history of his family farming and tobacco growing. As for the music selection, Stevie Ray Vaughan left us too soon, and as you know, it's been 25 years since his passing. Still a sad point in my life and many. As for the Aero topic, smoke what you like, like what you smoke. As for FedEx's decision on tobacco products, I say F them. I think that means uh, FedEx them. Uh, Dutch65 writes, Fantastic interview with Brandon Gravois. It never ceases to amaze me how you continually find unique topics to explore and at the same time promote the hobby of pipe tobacco smoking and collecting. Too bad you didn't get to actually go to Louisiana to, to do the interview. Those folks really know how to cook down there. I'll be there in about a month. Um, also, thanks for the heads up, Brian. I'm done with FedEx. And Anchovy D writes, What a great guest. I hope that Brandon's able to make the Nola Pipe Show. I'd love to meet him. Congratulations on putting out a very interesting and informative show. It was good to learn that someone uh that someone other farm that some other farmers out there are growing Perique. Ah, there we go. There was a big issue in the nineties that Percy Martin was going to stop growing it because it wasn't worth growing as he couldn't get a good price from it. Pochet, who did the processing, wouldn't pay him enough. Some local farm, local guys who had a tobacco shop on Magazine Street started distributing it and saved Percy's Parique operation. They used to sell pure Perique in mason jars. that smelled wonderful and tasted great, but was whole leaf pretty much. It wasn't cut at all. It was a pain to put on the cutting board and chop it up and smoke it. I still have five jars of the stuff. Smells incredible. Uh, I guess when Mark Ryan was on and talking about the farmer who had a big crop that was exclusive to cigarette manufacturers, he must have been talking about Percy Martin. Yes, he was. I didn't realize that all those guys, Gravois, Poche, Martin, were all related, but it makes sense. It's good to see Brandon hitting the books to produce even better quality Perique tobacco. Thanks for the great show. Uh, New Broom says, I like the idea that it's a family operation just like the old days. Country living off the land and water. You'd think that any pipe show would invite and underwrite this man's appearance to the show uh, appearance to show him the love he deserves. Seems like there are at least two locations in the world that produce tobacco flavored by the land and curing process. Belgium and Louisiana. And, um... Nola Cajun says I hope to have him there talking to him next week and Nate says brilliant booking I think we've all been curious to hear from the growing end of the hobby alright that was a jam packed mailbag and in just a minute uh, rave time
1: need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? 4 stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from 4Noggins.com. is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. 4 for all of your pipes and tobacco needs.
5: I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller Autumn Evening. We start with whole-leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes autumn evening so well-loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information.
0: I mentioned that I was in Denver for the Smoker Friendly Conference, and let me give them a big, huge shout-out. Why? Because uh, because of family involvement, Smoker Friendly's official uh, charity is the JDRF. Yes, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, of which we've done the auctions the last three years. Well, they did some auctions and some fundraising at the festival or at the conference and they finally announced the total that they raised. $62,000 was raised in the last 2 weeks from all from smoker friendly vendors or smoker friendly store owners. So I want to say a big thank you to the smoker friendly group And to let you know that when you do go in and you help out or shop in a smoker-friendly retailer, you're helping out the JDRF. $62,000. That's among 800 stores and all the vendors. That's a big chunk of money going to diabetes research, and we do appreciate it. Uh, The other thing I want to do is shout out to all of you listeners who've uh, put up with us for three years. Three years. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, keep those good comments coming. Keep posting comments and ratings and reviews for us on iTunes. Post uh, comments you got on the radio show on, the, on PipesMagazine.com. I do read them all. I appreciate them all. Big shout out to all of you that have been listening all the way through. And for those of you just joining us and getting caught up, hey, welcome aboard. We appreciate it. If you want to, follow me on Facebook. Ryan Levine, follow the Pipes Magazine radio show on Facebook, all that stuff going on. Next, we'll be starting year number four coming up, is that right? Yeah, year number four, next week, all pre-recorded because I'm off to Germany. So, thank you to Bob Gregory for joining me, Bob, a couple of beers coming your way. Uh, thank you all for tuning in, and thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company until next time bombadida
3: bombadida 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 About The clouds when we're together, just sing a song and think about sunny
1: weather.
3: Happy trails, trails to, dee-da to
2: dee-da you Badida, Bumba, Bumba,
3: Bumba, swapping manly stories and in the morning, I'm making what